Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. Lord, we thank you. 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 Our Father, we pray as we look into your word now. Inside the revelation in your word, we should the body of ignorance lifted, we should questions answered, we should come the soul, we should the free flow of the Holy Ghost, we should the free flow of joy. <laughs> oh, we should the free flow of joy. And the name of Jesus, we lay hold on all of the provisions by your strength, by the vision of your word. In the name of Jesus, I receive all chance to speak boldly. In the name of Jesus, we see you do all that you want us to do. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. I guess I have a time. Are you tired? Are you tired? Okay, you guess I'll rejoice with you. Rejoice with you. Rejoice with you. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, you see, uh, you know, one of the attributes of a minister of the gospel is toughness. Praise God. It's toughness. You know, normal, normal, you should be tired. And normal, normal, you should be tired. I, I look together, guys. So when I say I'm tired, I say, no, no need. You are tired. Praise God. Look at my voice now. My voice is. <laughs> it's almost gone. But you see, you know, Paul was playing a Timothy. Alright, and then having told him the things you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commitment to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. As second Matthew 12, verse 2. In verse 3, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Are we together? So a very good attribute of a minister of the gospel as a soldier of Jesus is that you must be tough. Do you understand? Things that people should not move you. You must have balance of level of toughness. Toughness, for example, shows in how long you can pray standing. Are you with me? Toughness, for example, shows in how long you can pray fervently. You shouldn't be saying, I'm a of the gospel that you pray the tongues after five minutes, your tongues are seizing. That's a bad thing. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? Was able to go, it was how, like me. Let me tell you how far I go sometimes. I'm going to pray in tongues for the next two hours. I'm not going to hold my waist. I'm telling you, anything, every my will pass away. I'm not holding this waist. No matter how much I feel pain. Telling you. And those things have helped me to date. Are we together? I just tell ask my guys, I tell you, if you are praying with me for long, I tell you, there's no sitting down. You are going to continue it. They say, ah, sir, I'm ready to keep saying it. You cannot die. You die the race well. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, tell your neighbor, say, enjoy toughness. Enjoy toughness. So, it's okay to be tired. It's okay to be weak. But we've got what to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Shall praise your name. Praise your name. All right, guys, have your seat. Welcome to Carousel Marketing Session 4. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the, this is the penultimate session. Glory to Jesus. Once again, you can say hi to the person sitting to your left at your right. Say hello. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. My name is this. Can I know your name? Then you can, you can give me a compliment. You know, this young man. You can't be dressing like this for my meeting. It's my meeting. I don't think some of you don't get the memo. Go to the back. You are not saying it. Don't worry. I don't know how much you are dressed. Why are you asking me to meet me? I'm the minister. I'm the minister. You are there looking like 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so you know we've been happy about some time so far in Carisoga meeting. Yeah, happy that you attend. I'm very happy that you attend. Glory to God. And, and we're still gonna have you know two more two more beautiful sessions. I mean by two, I mean this session and don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared, right? So this one and one. But you know, to be honest, I don't know how God is gonna do it, but we can't even have a camp meeting this week. When I say this way, I mean this time is extremely short. Uh, extremely, extremely short. The first of all, the most ridiculous was, I think, yesterday, the first session. I, I barely touched, I'm very, I didn't touch 15% of my notes. 15%. So we can't continue like this. Praise God. Pray therefore the Lord of <laughs> Praise God. So I, I don't know how God is going to do it. I don't know. But KCM2023, we just need to have more time. I don't know how. Hallelujah. How many of you trust God in me? <laughs> you know, you are just scared to raise your hand. Because <laughs> you're like, hey, you can't trust God now. Now you're we have 10 sessions. <laughs> you just in session four hours. You, you, you know it's possible. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> right, All right, guys, let's move into what we have to do. So, you know, so far, we have been doing a study on salvation. All right. And um, last session, we... Um, study the necessity of salvation. We just pretty much try to understand salvation. Were you blessed in last session? Were you blessed? See, I'm righteous by faith. I'm righteous by faith. I'm justified by faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, what we are doing in this session is, but now, what, what we want to do right now is to do more, you know, um, what's the word now? Is to do more walking in that your righteousness consciousness. Are we together, guys? Walking in that righteousness consciousness. And what we are doing right now is to talk about the man. That's the topic for this for this session. The man, Christ Jesus. Somebody say the man. The man. The man, Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Open your Bible to me, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. We begin. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Are we all there? Are we all there? All right, everybody. Read loud. Let's do together. One to go. Yeah, I want to go So he tells so from this part here, you see a messianic prophecy, all right, in the book of Isaiah that tells you that the plan for salvation is going to come through a child. Are we together? Are we together, guys? And he says that you know a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now, if you remember what we explained yesterday, when we explained Genesis three and verse fifteen, I mean you are for the first session, Genesis three and verse fifteen, and we explained that by him saying the seed of the woman. What he was trying to explain to us was that it was going to be a birth that would not involve a man. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So now Isaiah continues more in that prophecy and then says, you know what? In fact, it's a virgin that is going to conceive. Are we together, guys? And she's going to bear a son. And the name of this son will be called Emmanuel. Somebody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. All right, now, Matthew now moves on. Matthew quotes this particular prophecy but gives us much more explanation about it. Now go there. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. Matthew 1 verse 23. Matthew 1 verse 23. You know, this morning, while I was coming, when I was coming here this morning, the Lord laid this in my heart. You know, there's someone here, you've noticed a particular pattern in your family. Now, I'm not one to give words like this normally. You notice a particular pattern in your family. It's almost like as though people don't do well in life in your family. You notice that pattern. And now, to tell you that I did not want to say this thing, I mean, when I heard it, it's not exactly the kind of word someone like me likes to give. 
Alright? It's not the kind of word I like to use. Right? And then the Lord told me particularly, he said that you're going to break that pattern in the family. Now, now I said, now when I heard that word, I said I wasn't going to say it. When I got here, first session, the first session today, it came to my heart. And then I said I was going to forget it. And I said, I think I said, if you are the one I say, I should say this word, you remind me again. Hallelujah. And then it, came, it just came to my heart right now. And so I'm saying it again. Listen to me. That pattern in your family is going to break. Are we together? You know, maybe in your family, maybe you guys just don't always have more than enough money to get by. Like, you know, there are certain families where, like, you just have enough to just get by. Not really to live life well. Are we together, guys? That's going to change. Hallelujah. That pattern is going to change. They're going to live well and live good. Say, I'm going to live well and live good. I'm going to live well and live good. You know, some people think that, you know, because you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you shouldn't live well and live good. That's a lie. Bible says God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. If God created the world, please, I'm being a bit distracted. If God created the world, then he created all of the things in the world. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so if God created those things, then he created them for me. Let me tell you something about the book of Genesis you didn't realize. Everything in the book of Genesis was created before man. You know what that means? That everything was created for man. Hallelujah. And if you notice, at the point when God created man in Genesis 1 verse 26, what did he say? He says, let him have dominion over the beds of the, over the, beds of the air, over the fish of the sea, over every creeping thing that creeped upon the face of the earth. What that means is that everything that was created was created for man's dominion. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, what actually makes the world relevant is actually man. Are we together, guys? And that was the reason by the time man fell, it affected the whole earth. Are we together, guys? And that's why Paul was now speaking in the book of Romans. Romans 8 and verse 20. And he says that, um, let me go there, please. I just make it up. Romans 8 and verse 20. Romans 8, thank you. He says, For the creature was made subject to vanity. He says, Not willingly, but as a reason of him who subjected the same in hope. So the entirety of creation was subjected to vanity. Why? Because Adam sinned. So it wasn't like as though creature was subject to vanity because they did something. No. But because of one who subjected the same in hope, everything in creation now became subject to vanity. Are we together, guys? So, even though it was just Adam that sinned, the effect had, it, it had an effect on the entirety of humanity. Does that make sense, guys? Why? Because the entirety of creation was made for man. Are you with me? Do you understand me? So listen, the world was made for you. Ah! The, I, I, do you understand me? See, the moment I understood this, I think there will be nothing. See, you need to understand what contentment is. Contentment is not you don't have the money to afford it. Contentment is I can afford it, but I'm not going to buy it. Are you with me? Yeah, you, do you understand? You know, I thought about this when I thought about money this year. I'm going to do a teaching of money next year, actually. You, you need to understand what contentment People get contentment wrong. You, people think contentment is, ah, you know, you don't have money to buy it. So because you don't have money to buy it, be contented with what you have. What that really means is the moment you have the money, you buy it. Are you with me? But contentment is, I can afford it, but I don't need it, so I'm not going to buy it. But if I ever wanted to buy it, I forget it, so I'll buy it. Because why would there be something made of a man I cannot afford? A man made it now. Why can't I afford it? Are you with me, guys? You know, if we think like this, it begins to change how we see the gospel. There will be nothing that a man needs that can be used for the gospel that we won't use. Are you with me? There will be no man-made stage that will be too big for us to use for the gospel. You know, I said yesterday, I think I said it this morning too, that why can't we use the same stage that I are using for Grammy? We'll speak in tongues on top of it. 
who covers the blood, just cancels out all the rubbish that they don't get. And we used to, we were my guys right there, we said, we'll use go to Arena. I'm a, I'm a coward than, than you two. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And you don't think it's good. It's a good thing now, be careful. Stand with my clip mic, as usual. Clip mic. Say, bless Jesus, go to Arena. You say, do you want it over there? Take it. Ah, oh, my dear. Oh, oh, is a good child. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So that's the mindset towards money. See, I'm going to have money. And I'm going to have more than enough. For myself and for others. That's how to think ministry. Do ministry. Ministry is money. Let them lie to you. Ah. Oh, there's money involved. Hey, by the way, I wanted to say this. Actually, is there way to celebrate my friends that are here? Actually, could you celebrate them, please? There's Bola and there's Papa Now, I, I said to celebrate them because of something. You see, if if you if you are friends with people and they genuinely believe that God called you, chances are God called you. Amen. I'm telling you. If you are friends with people and they believe that ah, God called this guy, chances are God actually called you. There are very few people that have seen me in my elements. Like, like talking about Fafo. I even call him Fafo. His name is actually Sunday. I call him Fafo. You understand? But, but these guys, it's not just by them saying that I, I believe in God's call upon your life. They've shown it again and again. Talking guys that know me from campus, know me she has been there from the one. John, she's my dad. my dad. And she, I mean, she led you guys in prayer yesterday night. You, you did, you know. Exactly. She's going to lead you again tonight. I'm the powerhouse. Oh, 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 uh, when it comes to prayer, you know, there's a, you know, the thing is this, and, and that's the beauty of, you know, the local church and God's body. You can always recognize God's working in people, and then just let them do it. Do you understand? Now imagine, I want to do a holy prayer. I so when you know that this one she can do this one, just say this. Day. I have, I'm not going to lie to you. I have some minister friends. If I want to have certain kinds of meetings, they'll be there. When it's time, I just give them the mic. You are the one that can do this one way. Do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's how to do the work of ministry. I'm telling you, that's how to do it. The one you can do, you do it well, so that people will be blessed. It's not about you. It's about people being blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So I, I really want to beg you. Take a hold of the supernatural relationships. You never know. Hallelujah. You, you never know. Take a hold of the supernatural relationships. People that God has placed in your life, all right? Don't let strife put you away. Do you understand? Don't, <laughs> it can be a lot to handle. <laughs> Do you understand? So, don't, you always have fights. There's always going to be one reason or the other for you guys to say, what's your problem? Is it because making Man of my let me go one one minute, one minute, what's your problem? You know what? Just, you know, sometimes you just overlook those things and then you just say, I trust that you know, God, God called us together. Do you understand? So what, no matter what's going to happen, no matter the kind of stronger that you have, no matter how... <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Alright guys, so let's move on. So, so I was explaining um, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 and I said that Matthew gives a better commentary about it. So Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 he says, Behold the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? 
Which we interpreted this word. So now, Matthew gives us a better idea into Isaiah's prophecy. He tells you that, see, not only will this virgin give birth to a child. So now, first of all, we know that from our study so far, salvation is going to come from God, right? Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, I will. Are we together? So we already know that salvation originates from God. So when Isaiah is telling us that a virgin will be with a child, God will give us. So we already know, oh, this virgin shall give, shall give us a child. That child is going to be from God because salvation is from the Lord. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? But then Matthew now gives us a very interesting mindset towards it. Now, he tells you that now, that child being Emmanuel actually means God with us. What that means, therefore, is that not only is this child from God, this child actually signifies God present among us. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So he's telling us that this child actually means God is resident in our neighborhood. Does that make sense, guys? What this would mean, therefore, is that this child is actually God as a man. Are we together? Are we, does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense, guys? Alright, open your Bibles with me. Go to Isaiah chapter 9, number 6. Isaiah 9, number 6. And you see, this is a very important concept because a lot of times when you hear people talk about, for example, the Trinity, and I'm not going to talk about the Trinity today, I think we did some sort of like divergent study on it in our series on understanding um, on what? Tongues by the Spirit. I, I know I just touched on it in one track. So you can try to listen. What track is it? Do you have any idea which track? I, I also don't know. So you can also try to check. <laughs> Good luck with that anyways. Don't try to check the track where we touched it. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Alright, so he's another student, sorry. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The what? Say the mighty God. Now, have you noticed that this is also was a child is born. Also was a son is given. But the child will be called the mighty God. The child is called the mighty God. So the child is not a smaller God. Because that's how we see Jesus. Oh, there's God, then there's Jesus. So most of the time, when we think right, what's happening in heaven right now, is there's God who sits down like this, just like with the big throne. Then the Spirit of God doesn't sit in one place, he's always shaking. Do you understand? It's just moving left and right. You know. And then there's now Jesus, who is the smaller God. So his chair is big, but he's also big. Do you understand? Because, I mean, you shall not have any other God besides me. So he has to respect other people. Do you understand? So Jesus has a big chair, but he's not as big as God's own. So Jesus is not sitting by the side. Then because we are sitting with Christ in heavenly places, our own chairs are now smaller, but it's now long. Because right. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's not what it is. Praise God. You know, the reason we are seated is because we are seated in him. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We are seated in him, who is the head of all principalities and power. So, you need to understand, the reason we are seated with Christ in every place is that we are seated in Christ. Why? Because we have the Holy Ghost in our heart. You know, in John 14, ah, I wish I didn't go here, but you see in John 14, where he says, In my father's there are many mansions, you are not so I have told you, I go to the pay a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, when we read that place, we think he's talking about what's going to happen, you know, after now. In the rapture, so that where we are, where he is, there we are also going to join him. But if you read the context of John 14 and verse 2, you would actually realize that I was talking about the giving of the Holy Ghost. Because down in that same place, in that same John 14, he goes on to the states and then says that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's number one. In John 14 and verse 8, Philip says, Show us the Father, he suffices us. This is why you're talking like this, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How then do you say to me, Show us the Father? Moves on down to verse 16. And then now begins to say, I will go to the Father. I will pray the Father. I will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you will know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
Are we together, guys? So he's telling you that this spirit of truth is with you, but it will soon be in you. Amen, guys. Are we together, guys? The spirit of truth is with them, and it will soon be in them. He then goes on to the next verse and says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So what is the spirit of truth? The spirit of truth is the translocation of Jesus being among us to Jesus being present in us. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So when we say the spirit of God dwells in us today, what are we saying? Jesus is resident in us today. So if Jesus is resident in us today, what that would mean is when Jesus said, where I am, there you may be also. He's not talking of something that will happen in the rapture. He's talking of what we receive at salvation. Where we are is where Jesus is. We are now in union with God. Are we, are we together, guys? Are you with me, guys? So, the union between man and God does not happen at the rapture. No. That's why it says, in that day you will know that I am in the Father. Me, you, and I. Sorry, you, that I am in the Father. Me, him, and I. And, you shall say this somehow. But referring to union, I'm sorry. That, that means, I always mix it up every time. Alright? So, what he's referring to is a union that happens upon a man believing the resurrection. Are we together, guys? So, remember that when he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he made the Spirit of God available to all mankind. Are we together, guys? Are we together? So, by you receiving of the Spirit, what happens? You are now united with Jesus. Does that make sense, guys? Because you have the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense, guys? And so, because you have the Holy Ghost and you are, you are united with Jesus, you are where he is. And that's the reason why Paul would now say in Philippians 3 and verse 20, your communication, your citizenship is in heaven, even though you are on earth. He didn't say your citizenship will be in heaven. You know, there are two different things. He didn't say, you know, just because of are looking to Jaffa, you know, he said, my citizenship will be Canada. If I hear anybody say, man, Madiba Junior, <laughs> I was just going to say, Madiba Junior, I already shouted the man. <laughs> now, you know, he didn't say your citizenship will be. He says your citizenship is in heaven. In other words, he's telling you you are on earth, but of the truth, you are a citizen of heaven. See, I'm a citizen of heaven. So he says your citizenship is in heaven. Right now, that's where you are from. Now, look at where he gets it very, where it, it, it becomes extremely crazy. Philippians 3 and verse 20. Go to the next verse, verse 21. So he tells you that, oh, verse 20 first. Verse 20. Thank you. He says our conversation, that's KJV, you know that um, versions, more recent versions, uses citizenship. Okay, thank you. But it's ESV. But our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? Because now, you know, the way we've always seen it is we are on earth, Jesus is in heaven. And we on earth are waiting for Jesus to come. But he tell, so we always see the mindset that Jesus is coming to take us to heaven. Are we together? But then he corrects you. He says that's not what it is. Yet he says your citizenship is actually heaven. And it is from there you are waiting for the coming of the Savior. What is going to happen will be that it will change your vow body. Verse 21. Verse 21. He says it will transform the body of our humble condition. Higher. Into the likeness of his glorious body. So listen, what we are waiting for is not for us to get into heaven. What we are waiting for is the transformation of our body to align with the fact that we are already in heaven. Are you with me, guys? Do you understand? So the problem is not that we are not in heaven already. The problem is our body does, doesn't recognize it yet. And look at what he says. Oh, this is crazy. He says he will transform the body of our humble condition. So this body is humble. Uh, you know, like, you know, when you say that, you know, I'm from a humble background, that's what this body is. 
He says he will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Hallelujah. Say, my body is going to be changed. My body is going to be changed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, so that's it. That's it. Now let me go back to what I was saying. Glory to God. So you see that the, ch- the child or the son is actually God as a man. Hallelujah. He's not a lesser God. He's not a smaller God. He's actually God come as a man. Glory to Jesus. Look at 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16, for example. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16. He says, but without controversy, grace is the mystery of godliness. He said, God was manifest in the flesh. Say in the flesh. In the flesh. So God was manifest in the flesh in the person of Jesus. So when we saw Jesus, we didn't see a smaller God. We saw God in man. We saw God in man. God in man who died for man. Rose as a man. Hallelujah. That's who, that's who Jesus is. He's not a smaller God. He's God as a man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, look at John chapter 1 and verse 1. John 1 and verse 1. Hallelujah. <coughs> John chapter 1 and verse 1. He says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was God. Alright? And then, in that verse 14, he now says, the word became flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. So when he said the word was made flesh, he was referring to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now that word in the beginning, which was with God, which was God, was made flesh in the person of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let me say something. Because it's a very interesting part here. You know, I've never heard people say this thing, that Jesus was present in the beginning. Now from the beginning, Jesus was present. And to now make it more interesting, they say, you remember that interesting one interesting is God said, let us make man in our image. So what was happening was, it was a roundtable discussion. So Jesus was there, God was there, the Holy Ghost was there. Just that. So now sat down and I said, guys, I, I don't know about you guys, but, like that's God talking there. I don't really know about you guys, but I, I feel like this world we've created needs some extra something. I can't, really, I can't really place what it is, but I feel like just that. And then Jesus is like, you know, this thing you said, the spirit is one. <laughs> Jesus is like, the spirit is one. That in context, so yeah, is actually is actually for real. Why can't you notice it? Just I just didn't want to. Just that I just I wanted you to just take the lead. So you know what? Let's make man in our image, out of our likeness. And the Holy Spirit now say, and let them have the union. That's the right thing. That's not it. That's not it. Now, first of all, let me say, and I mean, to have a better understanding of Genesis, I advise you to listen to. We did a, a teaching on Genesis a very long time ago. It's in our archives. All right, understanding Genesis, exploring salvation one. All right, understanding Genesis, so you can listen to it. It's going to give you a very. Chances are, I promise you, when you listen to that sermon, you will read Genesis again. I can promise you, every single person that has listened to that sermon, their, their theology of Genesis cut out and they started all over again. Praise God. So I would advise you to listen to it. All right? But now pay attention to something. Now, when he says in the beginning was the word, now the word, word, that's, that's not always happens. Word in the Greek is logos. Chances are you've heard of logos before. All right? Now, logos just simply means logic, intent, idea, reason. Are we together? Whatever was at the back of your mind that made you do something. That's basically what Logos is. From the word, is literally where we get the word logic from. Are we together, guys? So, look at that in John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the logic, the intent behind all creation. 
Are we together? And that intent was with God. And that intent was God. Now, how is this going to make sense? Now, of course, it makes sense. In the beginning, God has always had a plan. Genesis 1 and verse 26. That makes a lot of sense. The intent was with God. That makes a lot of sense. God was the one who had it, so it was with God. And then the intent was God. Now, this is where it can get a bit confusing. But when you realize, based on what we said yesterday, that the plan was for man to be in the image of God, which is for man to be in union with God. So can you now see why the intent was God? Because at the end of the day, the plan was always that man would exist in God. Does that make sense, guys? So what John 1 verse 1 isn't saying is that Jesus was always there in the beginning. No. Rather, it was saying the plan to make man in union with God was always there from the beginning. But that plan only became flesh at the point when Jesus was born. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Do you understand? So Jesus was not there from the beginning. And I know there's a verse that can almost make it look like that. Go to John 8, 51. John 8, verse 51. Oh, glory to Jesus. Praise God. Receive the bondage of ignorance dematerialized. Hallelujah. John 8 and verse 51. John 8, 51. Alright. So he says, if I say unto you, so he says, very, very, I say unto you, the man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Verse 52. He says, then said the Jews unto him, now we know that we are devil. <laughs> Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you are saying, if a man should give my say, he shall never taste death. He was speaking of spiritual death, but they could not think. I was together. So a man without reasoning. Now let's continue. Verse 53. He says, Are thou greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who makest thou thyself? He said, like Tanibah, by and leg. Now, look at what he says in the next verse. Move on. He says, Just answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. He says, My father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Next, next verse, verse 55. He says, You have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. Hi. No wonder they killed this man. Oh, yeah, come on, How do you say this kind of thing? Do you know who he's talking to? He's talking to the doctors of the law, the Pharisees. And you see, let me tell you one of the things you learn in Jesus. Be bold. Ah, be bold. Be respectful, but be bold. Ah, that's why you cannot now that you, you will now understand why by the time the apostles were teaching, do you understand? By the time they were preaching the gospel and then they were brought in front of the Sanhedrin and they were told not to preach. You know what they said? They said we cannot but talk about the things which our eyes have seen. Do you they said if it be right for us to you know to, to listen to the voice of men and not hear to the voice of God, he says, judge among yourselves if it is right. We cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. Hallelujah. There is a, you can't stay around a man like this and not be bold to preach. Little wonder Peter, and the same Peter who a while ago, in front of the girl was swearing, I don't know this man, at the point, spoke to men and 3,000 got saved in the very instant. Why do you think he saw that? He saw it with Jesus. Are, are you with me, guys? Are, are you with me? Be bold in your preaching. It's not preaching a message like as though, you know, sometimes when someone preach a particular message, you can almost tell that it's like, they didn't really believe it. Do you understand? Jesus can heal you, and you are doing like someone that you've not eaten in three days. Jesus can heal you! Joseph, get a hold of the body like in minutes. What is he saying? Doing like this thing. Say, Jesus can actually heal you. Hey, uh, don't, uh, don't fall. Jesus will heal you. Ah, uh, with the one who's game, game, don't go, can he Jesus can heal you. You're shaking your body like this thing. Jesus can heal you. Get out of that bed. He's going to heal you. Hallelujah. That's it. Look at, look at what Peter said. You know, when Peter and John met that, that um, man at the gate, the lame man at the gate, look at what he said. He said, Silver and gold, I have no. But one thing I have, I can give you. <laughs> Are you with me, guys? So I don't have silver or gold. So it makes you know I'm not a rich guy. But the one I have, oh my God, I'm going to give you, bro. Praise God. Say, what I have, I give you. What I have, I give you. You know, you know what Jesus told them in Matthew 10? He says, freely have you received, freely should you give. 
word in the spirit anywhere. Hallelujah. What I have, I give you. Whether in the house, in the hostel, in the car, wherever. What I have, I give you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. Alright guys, let's continue. So, when we verse 55, now, verse 56. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he said, <laughs> you know what Jesus was doing here? It was like, I thought he was pinching them. Because, you know the funny thing? They were the ones that introduced Abraham into this discussion. You know, him, he was just talking normally before. Then they said, ah, are you greater than our father Abraham? Then they asked, hey, Abraham, no problem. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it. Ha. Ha. What did we carry? What did you show? <laughs> so, verse 57. Let's move on. They said to Jesus, That was not 50 years old. <laughs> God, he was messing with them big time. Do you know that they were, they were, you know that they cannot understand. But you keep saying it to get them. So, look at what he says. He says, And that was seeing Abraham. Verse 58. He says, Jesus said unto them, Very, very, I say unto you. <laughs> he says, Before Abraham was. I am. Now, let me just say something very interesting here. Right? Notice he said, before Abraham was, I was. Ah, Jesus was saying something here. I'm going to show you what he was saying. Next verse, verse 29. Verse 29. He says, then they took up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so far back. Listen to me. Run away. <laughs> Amen? Not all of us will be like Stephen, Jack, Ma. Are you with me? So that you can leave to preach another day. Ah, are you with me, guys? Don't say, 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 Lord, receive my spirit. Ah, <laughs> well, listen, if we receive your spirit, he's a God who does not send people back. <laughs> Just like, that's a, come unto me, all you that labor and every lady, I will give you rest. He will give you rest. Just like, but you didn't have to, you didn't have to let your spirit go that early. Just like, I want to say that they are carrying stone. You know, I don't know if somebody remembers the attitude that we have one mission that we went for. That went to a particular village. So we are actually already in one village. You know, said ah, the gospel to the ends of the earth. We now said to go to another village. Do you remember? It was Ogatolu that was in front of that was it was there. Um, the the it was VP when I was listening there. And then I just noticed that Ogatolu just come back. He just said, "Dust your slippers, dust your slippers." <laughs> ah, oh, you can't remember. He just said, "Dust your slippers, dust your slippers." As he said, "Dust your slippers," what he gave me. You see, ah, as we were moving, I was already seeing people coming from the distance, the youth of the village. Come, eh? You relay. Don't worry, we'll come back later. But for now, we are going to go and charge by the Holy Ghost. Well, I do not know whether it was whether it was even but I was carried by chariot. I don't. I shall know that in less than be 10 15 minutes, I was back in the other village. Ah, praise, praise God. It's only someone that is alive that can preach the gospel. Amen. Allah no man preach. Okole preach. Praise God. So please, please. So run. Somebody say run. Ah, run, run, run. Hallelujah. Praise God. But now, notice something here. There are some very important statements that Jesus made here. Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Now, you know, if you see that, you might now make a mistake and think what he's saying is he was alive. I wish you get No, now. Yeah, you can almost make that mistake and think when he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it. You might almost think, oh, that means Jesus was alive. But let's be honest. There was no way in the Bible where we were told Jesus met Abraham. Are uh, we together, guys? So when he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, there's something else he's saying. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? Now, if you remember, I explained something yesterday. I explained that in the Old Testament, they actually had the gospel explained to them, but in types. Are we together? That was an example of when we saw Genesis 3 and the 15. Are we together, guys? And even because we didn't have time, I would have. My plan was to actually show from Abraham the gospel. 
Now, having said that, that would mean if you now go to Hebrews 11, you will see what the writer of Hebrews called the patriarchs of faith. Men who the gospel was preached to in the Old Testament. Are we together? And they believed by faith. And so they received salvation in the promise. Go to Hebrews 11. Let me show you something quickly. Hebrews chapter 11. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you getting blessed? Beautiful. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Alright. Okay, let me start from verse 1. It says, Now faith is a shame. Sorry. Okay. He says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He says, For by it the elders obtain the good reports. Who are the elders? They are not the people who have been 45 years in the church. No. The elders are written there in context. Some of you caught that thing too soon. It's later on in our cut up. Anyways, the elders are written there, actually. Now, the elders are Abel, moving down to Enoch, moving down to Abraham, and so on and so forth. But continue all the way to verse 39. Verse 39. He says, And this all, having obtained a good report through faith, did what? Received not the promise. Are we together, guys? So, they received a good report by faith. Because, but they did not what? They did not receive the promise. Are we together? So they believe by faith. So when he says faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence, I, now I explained this in Carizo Bible Conference, anyways. So faith was the substance of what they hoped for and the evidence of the things that they were doing for what they, they had not seen. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So there was something they were looking forward to. Are we together? So now they had faith in that salvific work that, that God was going to do in Christ Jesus. And that's the reason why in Hebrews 12, Bible now calls Jesus the author and finisher of faith. Why? Because he's the author of their faith, meaning he's the origin upon which their faith started, but it was in the promise. And when Jesus now came in person, he did the work, he finished the faith, completed it. Are we together, guys? So, even though Abraham believed God in a promise, by the time Jesus did the work of salvation, Abraham could now be actually saved. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So that's why Hebrews 12 now calls Jesus the author and finisher of faith. Are we together? Does that make sense? Do you understand? Have I, have I lost anybody? Are you confused? You are not confused. See, I hear. Good stuff. You hear me there. Let's move on, guys. <coughs> so, let's go back. I don't have to rush that part there. So, when he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, the word day there in the Greek is the word hemera. H E M E R E. It's a word that refers to a dispensation, it's not an actual day. Do you understand? It actually means an age, a dispensation, a period. So when he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, he was actually saying, Abraham rejoiced to see the dispensation of salvation. That period of my work, of my reign, that's what he was talking about. Because of the truth, don't forget what we said so far. That the patriarchs of old in Hebrews 11, which includes Abraham, received salvation in a promise. Are we together? So, they would have also seen from afar that there will be a day that is coming when the work of salvation will be made available to all mankind. Does that make sense, guys? And so, that must have been what Abraham would have said. Oh, I wish I, I wish I had time to show you guys this thing. That all the times when God spoke to Abraham, Genesis 12, Genesis 13, Genesis 17, all I know, God was constantly preaching the gospel to Abraham. Every single time. He was constantly preaching the gospel. That time when he told you, for example, he took him out in the middle of the night, looked, looked up and says, look at the stars of the sky. He will be able to number your kids. He was actually talking about the, how numerous the, church, um, the children in Christ will be. That will be so many, will be like the sons of the seashore. That's what he was doing. He was preaching the gospel to him. 
Hallelujah. For example, when he says that in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, the book of Galatians now tells you that that seed was not Isaac, the seed was Christ. Are we together, guys? So, what God was doing throughout his encounters with Abraham was a constant declaration of the gospel. So, can you now see when he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day? He wasn't necessarily saying, Abraham saw me, but rather, Abraham saw my salvific work in a promise. And so, because of it, rejoiced. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, we are not done. Now, move on. Alright, we are not done. Move on. So, now, when he says in verse. In verse 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Now, I already told you, he didn't say, Before Abraham was, I was. He says, Before Abraham was, I am. What Jesus was doing here was quoting a particular portion of scripture. And that was the same portion of scripture that, that you have when Moses had an encounter at the burning bush. Go to Exodus 3. Exodus 3. Exodus 3, 13 to 15. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Say God in the face of Jesus Christ. God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see, let me tell you something. You know, I said this yesterday, I want to say it again. The Old Testament is literally the New Testament. I'm telling you. If whenever you study the Old Testament, you do not get as much joy as you do when you study the epistles. You've not gotten your theology of the Old Testament correct. You must be able to study, thank you very much. You must be able to study the Old Testament scriptures. And as you are studying, drop your Bible and rejoice. This is salvation. Until when you have gotten to that point in your study of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. If when you are studying the Old Testament, you are still seeing David and Goliath. Uh, can you, what's, uh, what's this man's name? Samson and Delilah. And don't rest on the lap of a woman. And so on and so forth. You are seeing uh, Esther. How that she was fine. And you know, she became the queen. And so on and so forth. You are not here with me. Are we together? You must do those things. See salvation through faith in Christ. You must, for example, see the fact that when Esther told them that fast for me, all right, for three days, and then after then I'm going to go and meet the king, and I'm going to try to convince the king to save Israel. What she actually was doing was to find the work of salvation. That see, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to come back after three days. Are we together? Because when she went to meet the king, the way it was in those days was if the king doesn't point to you, you are going to die. Do you understand? So she literally went into the mouth of death. But then she came back alive. And what did that cause? It caused the deliverance of the nation of Israel. So what happened there? In the entire story of Esther, they just wanted to see salvation through faith in Christ. So until when you get to the point where you see salvation, through the letters of the Old Testament, you've not seen anything. Christ, the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Lift your hands and give God praise. Glory to God. You see, this is theology. This is actually how Bible was meant to be studied. Bible was not meant to be studied like you are just reading the books of a Bible. You are not reading books of this. You are supposed to see it. You know, that's why by the time Paul was done, he said, all oh, the depths of wisdom and knowledge in God. Now, like, what is this? That's how Bible is meant to be studied. I say you are studying Bible, but then you drop it. Ah, so now you are going to drop it. Now, to be honest, at times when you study your Bible, you have a just that you close it, you just walk. <laughs> you just walk. You just uh, don't let me just walk. Just, let me just, I think it was KBC this year. I just uh, who did it? <laughs> I, don't, I said, see, this one, God will take over. <laughs> I don't know what to do at this point. I closed the Bible, I just started walking in the estate. For a young man to take a walk. Ah, uh, what did you do? I've never taken a walk for my academics before. And I finished from health sciences. You should let you know <laughs> how this one was. But I took a walk. But then there are some other times when you study the Bible, you close it and say, Oh God, oh God, such wisdom. 
See, do you know how beautiful it is that men were acting out history? Men were acting out the work of salvation and they didn't know. Jesus. So to Esther, she just thought she was telling her people, pray for me. Why did Esther say three days and three nights? Right? Jesus, she would have told them, fast a day for me. Fast two days for me. Fast five days for me. Why three days? She never knew she was acting out salvation. Ah, are we together, guys? Have you ever wondered why did also Abraham, when God told him to go and sacrifice Isaac, why did the journey have to take three days? Why? Why? Why not two days? Why not a day? Why not five days? Are we together? Do you understand my point? Why did it have to take three days? And why did at the end of the day, why did he have to go and sacrifice Isaac on the same mount that at some point should be called Zion, where the real temple by Solomon will build? Why? The Mount Moriah. Why? That's the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. That's the wisdom of God. Glory to Jesus. The God who knows the end from the beginning. Glory to God. He, he orders men's step according to his will. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How wondrous are his works. He's the God of the earth. God of the whole world. But he's my God. And he's my father. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, guys. So let's continue. So now pay attention. So now when he says, when Abraham said um, that, um, sorry, when Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. So now let's look at what he was quoting. So this is Exodus 3. At the point of the burning bush, are we together, guys? Where you know it was told, take off your sandals, you know, for where you are. All right, so take off your sandals. I personally believe it was because it was Kito he was wearing. But he said, take off your sandals. Where you are is holy ground. Do you understand? So he steps there as holy ground, and then look at what happened. Verse thirteen. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your father has sent me unto you, and he shall say to me, What is his name? <laughs> okay, he sent you have no problem. Tell us his name. What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Look at verse fourteen. He says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, and he said, and he said, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I, what, Who sent me? Who sent me? So wait, to the Jew, I am is an entire sentence. Because literally, God is banking on the fact that if Abraham tells them, I am. Sorry, if Moses tells them, I am, they will know God sent him. Imagine, so, you know, before this place, Moses said, if I tell these people that the God of your father sent me, they will answer. They will say, what is his name? But the moment you tell them, I am, they will listen. Are you with me? So, to the Jew, I am is an entire statement. In fact, I am is an entire message. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Now, let's move on to the next verse, verse 15. Now, what is the explanation of I am? Verse 15. I'm actually now. Come on now. Verse 15. Everybody stretch your hands to me. Okay. I'm going to say, pray for you. He says, Jeremiah 3 and Jesus in my head. I'm not saying I'll give you pastors according to my hands. No, very, ah. What's going on? All right. Verse 15. He says, And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is a memorial unto all generations. So, the meaning of I am is that the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. Now, it might not make any sense to you, but let me explain. Now, you see, the word I am is the word in the Hebrew is the word Haya. H-A-Y-A-H. Haya. Haya actually means, is a word that actually is more akin to, to be, to become. To be, to become. And let me just say this, alright? I believe personally that if you're a student of the Bible, you must at least have your Hebrew and Greek renditions of scripture. Alright? You can just download something on your, on your mobile phones, Eastward. 
Alright, it's so, and then you can always check what words are. Do you understand? So, so that you are not bamboozled. So I'm not lying to you. How do you know I'm not lying to you right now? Well, I, I, I'm not lying to you. Just check it. Alright? Now, we say, when I more akin to, to be, to become, if you look at all the places where Ayah was used, okay, look at, for example, Genesis 27 and verse 1. Genesis 27 and verse 1. Alright, it says, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. When he says, and it came to pass, came to pass then is the word higher. Are we together? Are, are, are we together, guys? Alright, let's look at another place. Uh, Genesis 34 and verse 10. Genesis 34 and verse 10. Genesis 34 and verse 10. Are we there? He says, And you shall dwell with us. And the land shall be before you. The word shall be is the word higher. Are we together, guys? So, first of all, one thing you always know about higher is that it's like a statement of facts, but it's also something that will happen. Are we together? So, it's like a sure statement of fact of something that is going to happen. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So, when you see I am, what it actually means is, or when it says I am that I am, it's saying I will be what I will be. I will do what I said I will do. Now, why, is, why does this make a lot of sense? Notice now why he now says it in the next verse. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. In other words, the God, don't forget that God already made a covenant with Abraham beforehand that, I, that your, your seed will actually go into a land and there will be slaves there. And after 400 years, I will deliver them. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So by, by Moses saying, God is I am that I am, he's saying, I will make sure that covenant I promise you will come to pass. Are we together, guys? So, in the declaration of Moses that I am sent me, or I am that I am sent me, he was actually telling them, he was invoking the covenant of God unto Abraham. That don't forget what God said. The person who said that thing has promised that he's going to bring it to pass. Are we together? I'm telling you, God's power is working for me. I'm telling you, God's power is working for me. He's working my career. It's working my finances. It's working my family. It's working my relationship. God's power is working. God's power is working. God's power is working. It's working every time. It's working when I'm asleep. It's working when I'm walking. It's working when I'm praying. It's working in every place. It's working when I'm driving. It's working when I'm talking. God's power is working. Hallelujah. God's power is working. Glory to Jesus. God's power is working. Every time, everywhere, in every place. God's power is working. I'm on the winning side. I never lose. No losses here. All wins, no losses. I'm on a winning streak. Hey! I'm on a winning streak. I'm telling you, I'm actually on a winning streak. It might look like I'm about to lose, but my God, I'm going to win. I'm telling you. Last, last. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know my last. I'm going to win. I'm telling you, every single time. I don't lose. Ah, genuinely, I don't. I'm telling you, I'm always winning. In life, in career, in ministry, I've got it all. <laughs> I'm always winning. I'm on the winning side. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You know, this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Glory to Jesus. I'm on the winning side. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm on the winning side. Glory to God. Praise God. Now thanks be unto God. Who always causes us to triumph. Make it manifest towards the sub of his knowledge in every place. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. I'm, I'm on a consistent victory parade. 
I have the, do you understand? I have the winning streak. Go and check my record. I always win. I always win. Every single time. I'm telling you. And when it looks like, see, let me tell you, when it looks like I'm not winning, just wait for a comeback. Something is going to happen. I'm telling you. Every single time. Uh, I told you guys this thing before. I'm going to say it again. I'm telling you. It will show on the scene. Telling you. Telling you. Water can still come out of a rock. Ah. What that you? you know, it was said. Please don't don't be distracted. You know, it was said of Prophet um, of um, Joseph Ababala. Right? I don't know what to call him apostle or prophet. I don't even know. And there are some men that they shook the head so much you don't know what to call them. All right. And this man was praying. All right, he was praying upon a particular mount. All right, and he had prayed and prayed and prayed, and he was tired. He was thirsty. He needed water. And he wanted to calm down, but he was too tired to calm down. And he said, "But Moses called water out of the rock." And this man slapped the rock, and water came out. It is still there today. You know, there are some things that you can be arguing. It's true. It's not true. It happened. It did not happen. Go and check it. Amen. That's why they call him Baba Allah. No, he's still there today. People enter that water and they get healed till now. He's still there. Go and check. Amen. Ah, water can come out of the rock. Ah, yeah. Hey, anything is possible. I mean, I've told you, me, I'm a heavy believer in the impossible. See, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I mean, I, I mean, I, at least I think I, I think I like to believe I'm that. Anyways, I feel Robert Sciences can give you a little idea of how I am. I'm not a dollar. I will get that. You know that I, I mean I finished up health sciences. Okay. I know how the body works and stuff. But you see, when it comes to divine healing, which are gonna flow in this evening, I talk like as though I don't know anything. Amen. I'll be talking to bones like bones can hear me. That's how it's done. You know, even though I know that in a joint there is no capacity to hear, I will speak to a joint like that yes. Do you understand? I will tell the joint, loose now, it will lose. Are uh, we together? And then when we get to the hospital, well, that was those days, anyways. <laughs> you know, when we get to the hospital, the same hand that we use to lay, that we lay hands on people and they'll be used, we'll use the same hand to treat you. I will tell you, my lay in the next three months, you'll be okay. Amen. Are, are, are you with me? Do you understand me? But when it comes to divine healing, I suspend my thinking. I will just do it like the Holy Ghost, and I believe anything. You need to understand. I actually believe anything is possible. Ah, I, I see. I believe it. Ah, oh God, Hallelujah! Anything can happen. I'm telling you, anything is possible. Glory to Jesus. Amen. See, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Hallelujah. All right. So what have we done so far is just to emphasize the fact that God came as a man, the person of Jesus. Is that clear? Is that clear? So when we see Jesus, we see God as a man, right? Beautiful. Glory to God. So now, in our seeing God as a man. There are two perspectives that we can have of God, or two things we can learn. Actually, there are three things from my view that we can learn from Jesus, seeing him as a man. First of, first of all, is that we can learn about the God-man in ministry. Ministry. Now, I'm going to talk about, I already said that before, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to talk about that in our monthly meeting in Lagos. Alright? I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be teaching a, a, a topic titled, Let This Mind Be In You. And it's going to be an admonition for ministers of the gospel. Taking, taking, we're going to be using Jesus as a case study. So we're going to look at Jesus' life. And we're going to use that as a counsel for ministers of the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But you see, beyond ministry, there are two things I want to talk about. Number one is temptation. And number two is the resurrection. Number one is temptation. And number two is the resurrection. Open your Bible to me, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Hebrews 4 and verse 15. He says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Now, 
Let's go back to the 16. Thank you very much. He says, we have not an high priest. Now he's talking about Jesus here. He says, we have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted. First of all, look at, he said all points. So in other words, pay attention. The temptations of Jesus that you see in Matthew 4 were not the only temptations he had. Because, let me tell you why. There is a way, even though we agree that Jesus was a man, we still somehow st- still feel like, but it was Jesus now. Do you understand? So we say, uh, Jesus was God as a man. Uh, but, uh, uh, even though upon Steve or whoever, ah, uh, he was still Jesus. So, do you understand? Like, ah, uh, uh, it's Jesus we're talking about. Too. Listen, he was actually God and man. Let me tell you what Jesus did to us. Jesus came to show us beforehand what it looks like to be the man in Christ. Hallelujah. It means you are 100% divinity and 100% humanity. Both of them together. Are we together? Are we together, guys? Are you with me? Very good. So he says he was in all points tempted like as we are. So, number one is that he was in all points. Number two, he was tempted like as we are. So, the temptation of Jesus wasn't easier for him than for us. Are we together? So it's not like, ah, I want temptation. Ah, I want it show God. But then Jesus is on, yeah, now Jesus now, you know if he had like that. No. He was tempted like as we are. But what does he say here? He says, yes, without sin. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He says, yes, without sin. Yes, without sin. So, now, what we see from, and this is important because I, I, I want us to study this because if we agree that Jesus was truly a man just like us, are we together? And he was tempted just like us. And he was at all points tempted. What that can clearly mean is if Jesus can overcome temptation, there are things we can learn from Jesus. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? So, we want to understand Jesus' perspective to temptations, how he overcame them, and how we also can learn from that to overcome temptations. Are you ready, guys? Are we ready, guys? Glory to Jesus. Now, open your Bibles, James chapter 1, from verse 13 to 15. Let's see something about temptation. James 1, 13 to 15. Alright. But boy, you fire gone. He says, let no man say when it's... Maybe you just you know my notes, so you're just... He says, let no man say when he's tempted and tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted any man. So first of all, so when you see temptation, God is not testing me. I did say it. Amen? Say God is not testing me. Let it enter your head away. I just said that there are people that need it. Say God is not testing me. He has no testing to do. He is my father. He loves me. Say, why would my father test me? Like, genuinely, I feel like, just think about it. Just, I don't, just sit down and just be saying it. You know what I mean? That all you need to do is just think. You know what, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, he said, which of you, alright, will your children ask for bread and you give them stone? Are we together? Or will they ask for fish and you give them a snake? He says, if you be evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much much are your heavenly father? Give the Holy Ghost to them who ask. Are we together? So he says, even despite the fact that you are a good parent, you are still evil. How much for your heavenly father? So what that means is, it doesn't matter the goodness of the goodness of the father that you think you have. God is way more. So now ask yourself, now imagine, imagine for example, you wake up in the morning, your dad looks at you. Says, let me use my name, says Israel. I want to know if you truly love me. Go and burn. I don't even call it a solo. I don't say. Go and go and burn your certificates. If you truly love me, you are gonna do it. Now the boy came out. 
So he says, look at what he says in James 1 verse 13. He says, let no man say when he's tempted and tempted of God. He says, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither does he tempt any man. He doesn't doesn't tempt any man. But look at what he says about the next verse in verse 14. He says, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So when we see temptation, it is not God, it is enticement of our lust. Are you with me? I, I, see, I, see, it's okay. Let's, we need to agree with it. And now, let me also say this thing. When we see lust, we think lust is a bad thing. No. Lust is actually desire. That's literally the meaning of lust. But the problem is the expression of your lust towards something. Are we together? God, see, God created man to have desire. That's the reason you can have ambitions. Are we together? That's the reason you can want to fall in love. Because you have desire. Some of you say, God, this thing I don't want to take it away from me. Ah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't intend on getting married, maybe you ask him to take it away from you. Maybe you I don't know. But don't let him take it away from you. Amen. Ah, trust me. He don't let him take it away from you. Alright, so let's continue. So he says, no, 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 wait, wait. Was Jesus tempted? Ask me now. Was Jesus tempted? Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and entice. Because Jesus had desires. Jesus was a man. Have you ever wanted, see, let me explain something to you. It would have been a temptation. If, see, let me tell you, me, I don't like cocaine. I don't understand anybody. Why any man in Christ would take cocaine? But well, I mean, there is therefore now no Jew, no Greek, no slave, no free. Maybe before you were, but now in Christ Jesus, you'll be free, so no problem. Because I don't understand how a human being will be taking coca woods. I, I will never understand it. But that's by the way. But now, pay attention, guys. If you say anything here, I'll come upon your soul. Alright, now, pay attention, guys. If you, so, if, sure, you know, if you try to tempt me to coca with you're wasting your time. Say, coca oats, coca oats, coca oats, you want some coca oats? Because that's the thing, because I have no desire towards it. So, what makes temptation temptation is desire? Are you with me, guys? Do you understand? So, if of a truth the devil could tempt Jesus in Matthew 4, it means he actually had desire for those things he was tempted with. For example, this man has been fasting for 40 days. You not come and say, command your this stone to become bread. It's temptation. And let me tell you why it's a much more greater temptation. Because he actually can toss stone to bread. Ah, it's temptation. <laughs> See, let me tell you, there's a lot of things that maybe, you know, you, you think about it twice. Think about it, you devise that just to fast at 3 o'clock, your legs are already shaking. Say, ah, hey God. Ah, Jesus. You know, you know there's some, there's some, there's some examples that so there's very talks there like in Rome or when you live to be alone. So we will tell you, say, sir, as at two o'clock, I could not talk well again. <laughs> I could not talk well. <laughs> Imagine, you know, sir, so now I, I was talking to another one of them. The other was like, sir, that is fasting. He doesn't even know this thing that on a normal day he doesn't eat until eight p.m. Just that he doesn't really. No, that they don't really fancy food. Just that. So they'll be reminding them to eat. Can never be me. <laughs> can never see. I plan food into my schedule for the day. People know how busy I am. People that know me know how busy I am. I literally add it breakfast into my schedule. By now, I'm supposed to be eating breakfast. I will drop whatever I'm doing and eat it. 
I don't joke with food, bro. Ah. It is the goodness of God to mankind. You know, sir, there are some, see, listen to me. There are some food you encounter, you know, oh Lord, how great that was. A very good example is Dodo. You don't come across Dodo and know that God exists. I'm telling you, I always say that if you have any atheist friend, first of all, go and fry Dodo and give them. When they are done eating it, say, is there a God? If they still say yes, ah, the devil has the hold of their hearts. You can't taste Dodo and know that God exists. It's the goodness of God to all mankind. I'm telling you, I'm listening, I'm serious about it. <laughs> Anyways, let's continue. Alright, so what we're seeing so far, so now he's tempted to turn stone to bread. Why is it a temptation? He's hungry. And he's fasting. Are you with me? He's not supposed to eat. He's fasting. But he's told to turn stone to bread. Now that's not number two. He goes, goes to the pinnacle of the temple, jump down. You don't realize. He's at the temple. The people downstairs, they are Pharisees are not law. People who don't approve of his ministry. If, sorry, if at the point when you're about to jump, you just begin to levitate. Angels are holding you as they're coming down. Ah, you see, everybody will not shout in the temple. You did that. Everybody say, Yay! This is God. This is God in man who died for man. Rose again as a man. Just like, everything like that. So you need to realize. And do you really think, let's, let's tell ourselves the truth. You really think Jesus did not want it? You really think Jesus did not want the Pharisees to approve and say, Why do you think he was. Let's ag- agree. He was always correcting them. But why do you think he was always preaching at them? He wanted them to also listen to him. Now, nah? are you with me? Do you understand? So Jesus actually also wanted the approval. Are you with me? Do you understand? Last but not least, the third one. He says, "Bow down to me. I'll give you the entire nations." Don't you realize that the same thing the devil was promising him was what Jesus was going to receive in the resurrection? What did he receive? Authority over all things created. I, are we together? So can you say that everything that the devil tempted him with were actually the desires of his heart? Are we together, guys? Because if it was really temptation, there has to be desire. Are you with me? So one thing is clear. Desire is very bad. Let me, that's, that's a very good place to start from. Because sometimes people get it wrong. I say that's where the devil gets, gets a hold of you. So you are feeling like acting in a certain way. You are feeling like doing, doing something. And then you now feel bad already. And then because you already, like, because you already feel bad, you just say, oh, let me just go do it. Because people are already feeling bad. No. You've not, you've not lost the battle yet. You know because I mean, I was talking to one of you a while ago, right? And the person was saying, "Sir, I don't know why I even feel this way." You know, this thing, I you know, it was even being was bad. I, I I felt this way. I just couldn't talk at that point in time. What I wanted to say at that point was this: the problem is not that you're feeling that way. The problem is that you gave into it. When you feel that way, and that you can recognize that you feel that way, you've not lost the battle. In fact, the fact that you can recognize that you're feeling that way, you've not lost it. Are you with me? So desire is not the problem. The issue is when you give into it. And listen to me, you have the power not to give in. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So, because what it says in James 1 and verse 13, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now go on to verse 14. Verse 15, sorry. He says, thus, when lust has conceived. So, after, after you now conceive, the word conceived initially means when it has been impregnated, literally. What is blowing you talk? Yes, when it has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So, sin doesn't happen at the point when lust exists. It is when lust has been cultivated that it now leads to sin. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, not every lust will lead to sin. It is only lust that is cultivated that will lead to sin. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? So, lust is not the problem. And so, what we see with Jesus is that, number one, lust is not a bad thing. Because lust is desire. 
So desire is not bad. It is normal. In fact, let me tell you something. Every, as a man of God, you must have desire. Are we together? As a minister of the gospel, you must have desire. You must have a desire for nations. Are we together? You must have a desire to see nations further with the gospel. You must have a desire to reach as many people as possible. You must have a desire to turn believers, to turn unbelievers into ministers of the gospel. You must have desire. There is nobody on this earth that must live his life without desire. Never. You can't do anything for God without desire. You can't. You must have desire. You must have ambition. However, you must not let the ambition lead you into doing things you're not supposed to do. Are we together? Do you understand me? So desire is not a problem. Another thing we see from Jesus is that aside desire, alright, we see that you can actually overcome temptation. And that's a very good thing to say. Because we are beginning to turn into a culture where it, we are beginning to make things look like you are human now. At the end of the day, there's just so much you can do. Ah, you, can, you can live above temptations. Amen? Say I can live above temptations. I can live above sin. Yes, we, we need to say this thing. Let your ear hear it again and again and again. Let your ear hear it. You know, sometimes, you know, as a minister of the gospel, you know, sometimes you see um, news about certain ministers who maybe you looked up to at, at some point or you still look up to, and they say so, and you see some of the things that happen to them and stuff. And sometimes you get scared. Ah, hey, God, I hope I'm not going to end up like this person. I hope I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, so on and so forth. But you know, sometimes I just you know, get this boldness in my heart. No, not me. Not me. I'm not going to have a scandal in my ministry. Never going to have a scandal in my ministry. Never. Never. I've not done ministry for so long. I thank God so far. But I'm telling you, years are still going to come. Nothing. Pure and clean. Sparkling clean. I'm telling you. Never going to have a scandal in my ministry. Hallelujah. No scandal with women. No scandal with money. No scandal with anything. Nothing at all. Everything will be plain and clear like this. Hallelujah. No skeleton to hide. Nothing. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I was together. So you have to learn to say those things. I will always live above temptation. Don't, don't, you know, I, I posted something on my status in while ago. Don't, don't say something. You say, ah, don't say it to anything can happen. What do you mean by anything can happen? Nothing can happen. I was together. There must be things you must be able to, you must be able to boldly say it. It can never be me. And I'm, see, I'm not saying this because I'm so good at holding myself. I'm saying it because I trust the workings of God in my life. Are you with me? It's a faith confession. Ah, okay. Somebody, um, somebody had an accident. You say, ah, uh, so somebody had an accident. You, you, you want to say it can never be me. You don't want it to look like this thing. Oh, oh, okay. It can be you. No, you don't understand. So, and I don't know. And you said it can never be me. Somebody is not annoyed. I don't understand. I said my own. Say your own now. Do you understand? What's the problem? It's got, I'm telling you. See, let me let me also say this thing particularly. You see, there's a way the devil tries to infiltrate people's hearts with bad news. You must master this thing, I'm telling you. You understand? Don't live under fear. Oh, there is enough bad news for the day. I'm telling you. If you want bad news, just sit down with opera news. And unfortunately, that's what some of our parents do. They just wake up. Because one day I had to tell my mom, I said, this thing you're listening to is not going to help you. It's not going to, you know, that one time she called me, ha, he live at Roman Lodi. I said, I asked that one simple question. I said, she now told me about one accident that happened. This thing. I said, that same road they are talking about. Do you know the number of people that applied that road today? I said, that's the thing. They will never tell you about the number of cars that went through the place. Only the person that had an accident. I said, that person cannot be Actually, I don't know. But it cannot shall be me. I wish to that, guys. Do you understand me? There are some things that, genuinely speaking, could they share your me. Do you understand? With due respect to anything anybody that's happened to, I actually cannot be in an accident. If I ever was, I'm going to come out of scattered. I'm telling you, I walk in the anointing. I walk with the ministry of angels. They are dead. 
said, because most important, I'm coming to preach. You must hear the word. Do you understand? You must go. I must go back to go and work. Ah, because I must have money. And enjoy. And I'm not going to kidnap. I'm going to also have to do full-time ministry. So guess what? I'm going to come. I'm going to do the ministry. I'm going to go back. I'm going to live my life. Praise God. Nothing is going to happen to me. Hallelujah. Praise you know, you talk about some sicknesses that happen to men of God because their body is stressed and all and all like that. Of course, I'm going to put myself through a lot of rigor and stuff. But listen to me. No sickness is going to happen to me. I'm telling you. Glory to God. You must learn to put those words on your lips. Watch your face. Nothing is going to happen to me. So you, you are seeing bad news happening about marriage. You know, people's marriages, your films is crumbling, or so on and so forth. Don't let me, let me, don't let me lie to you. So first scripture says that marriages can work. Even if all the marriages I ever saw in this life do not work. My way. Tell me, is that simple? I, I actually have a very crazy confidence. I'm telling you, sometimes I genuinely don't discuss with other people. Because I feel like sometimes if I see it as me being a particular way. But, and this is it. I genuinely believe this thing. I'm telling you, I genuinely believe it. Things just always work out for me. If you ask people that are close to me, it shows in how I talk. If I tell you I want to do something, best believe I believe it can work out. I, I will never do something I don't believe can work out. What, why am I wasting my time? I don't even have so much time. The one I now want to do, it's going to work out. Ah, it must. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm kept by the power of God. I'm kept by the power of God. I'm kept by the power of God. In my ministry, in my finances, in my career, in my family, in my relationship, I'm kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. So learn to keep those words of faith on your lips. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now, notice that in the temptations of Jesus, how did Jesus respond? He responded with the word. You see, the way out of temptation is not to say, ah, this is bad, though. I don't want to do this. You know, Jesus did not say, when he says, command this stone to become bread, Jesus did not say, ah, no, share now, pastor. Ah, you this devil, God, ah, now what for you? You know, when the world of Bible, I've never wondered, I've also ever asked the question, why was the devil so dumb? That he will come and meet you when you are fasting. Is this not the time when Jesus is on fire? Why will he come here? Because let me also tell you something that a lot of believers don't realize. At the height of your consecration is when you are most vulnerable. Because let me tell you why. Consecration comes with sacrifice. And so at that point in time when you deprive your flesh of a lot, you are actually very vulnerable. Are we together? Are we together? So don't lose, don't lose ground. Don't lose it. Do you understand? And, and that's why you, you, you need to pay attention. Keep your ears to the ground. Keep your eyes to the ground. Do you understand? At the point where you are ministering, you're just going to be okay anybody anyhow. God, Amen. Hallelujah. Calm down. Do you understand? At the point where you are fasting, that's no time to be calling your ex. <laughs> that should sound like a normal thing, though. Do you For this generation, there are a lot of things you have to tell them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't call your ex. You don't have any word of knowledge for them. If you want there. Glory to Jesus. Did I just say if you want there? I didn't even plan to say that. That sounded like sounded like an utterance of somebody. Why would you have more as ex? <laughs> Anyways. Well, if you want there. That's what the Spirit says. So I might just say it. If you want there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Oh, I'm very scared now. Mm. 
Hallelujah. So the, the response to temptation is God's word. Notice when he said that um, he says, Command his soul to turn to bread. What did Jesus say? He said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. He didn't say, ah, Shay, you should know that you should know that man, like, right now is not a good time to say something like this. You know I'm fasting. You know, it's bread right now. But when you shall, if you see rice and you understand rice and spaghetti, shall do Jesus, that's what he said. He says, man shall not live it is written. The second time, when he takes you to the Pinnacle of the Temple, he says, jump down, because it is written, he gives his angels shadow over you. What did Jesus say? Jesus did not say, ah, jump in. Ah, ah, now come on, now. Ah, and once you start this in silence, ah, can you jump by it? We will distract them. That's not what he says. He says, it is written, thou shalt not test the Lord your God. The third time, he says, bow down to me and everything. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. He says, it is written, thou shalt not serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So can you see, the response to temptation is, it is written. And not just is it that it is written, we speak it out. <laughs> you know that time when those kind of images flash in your head? No, that's not the answer. The answer to temptation is, it is written. And the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why I am. Only this way. You know, there are times when you have to say things to yourself. Do you realize that this thing is beyond just spiritual things? Even in the natural, there's something about speaking to yourself consistently that puts you in a particular frame of mind. I've told you before, I was watching one of Israel this year's match. Matches, you know. So you one of those matches. And this guy was fighting. And in the middle, this guy, like in the middle of the fight, when he separated, this guy was usually saying things to himself. Ah, no longer they need to your Ah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. As he says those things, he's getting in the mood. Yeah, he's getting himself charged up again, and then he goes back. That's it. You must learn to say words to yourself, and this this is even beyond just temptation in the work of ministry. Ah, learn to speak words to yourself. I'm telling you, learn to speak words to yourself. Always get yourself because there are times when, for example, when things are going to come up, you don't have so much time to pray. Are you with me? You need to know. See, you need to know how to stir up the anointing quickly. You know, you know what I said about Samson. Let me tell you about Samson. Bible says that at the point when his hair was caught by Delilah, he says as a, when the woman Delilah shouted that the Philistines were here to take him, he says he stood up and shook himself like he used to. Meaning he knew how to steer it up. Are you with me? And this was a natural man. This was a man that didn't have the only God dwelling in him. He knew what to do to steer the anointing. He said he shook himself like he used to, but he knew that there was nothing there anymore. Are we together there? He means as a minister, you must know the things to do that steer up the anointing. Are you with me? You must be able to say, someone calls you and says, sir, something has always happened. Say, give me two minutes. You go somewhere, you know what to do. You come out, you are different. Are you with me, guys? You must know it. It's very important. Because in every time you're going to be able to pray. Of course, at times when you'll be lucky enough, is at the moment when you're doing shabalabalabalaba. Someone will just call you, of course. By the time you're going to pray, shabalaba. Everything will shabalaba. Praise God. But there are other times when you won't call me, no shabalaba. So there's a middle member. Jesus is Lord. You know, I, for some of you that don't know, sometimes, you know when you just tell, tell me something and just go silent? It's because maybe at that point, maybe it's even like you tell laptop, no? Yes, sir. I just calm down. Say, man of God, man of God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Give the clothes to the person. Anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is sharing. Hallelujah. At the power of the Holy Ghost, at Barambo. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So you must, you must recognize how to steer up the things of the Spirit. You must, and you must do it consistently. Consistently. You must, so that's the thing. The more you do it, the more you recognize it. Are you with me? It is, there are things I know that if I say it, give me three minutes. Do you understand? My, 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 year, my year is already single to it. 
Just as I think I say, I'm a man of God, I'm called to the nations, I'm a teacher of nations. It, it has a different response to me. Are you with me? You must know how to respond to those things. How to respond to those things. You know, I was not a teacher of the resurrection as well. But, hey, hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't have time for that. So, uh, well, I mean, this is not the only case here I'm going to have. This is not the last. So, I mean, trust God in years to come. You know, we touch. In years to come, we'll have a lot more time and we'll do more studies. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Why don't you lift your hands? Just stand up and lift your hands. Give God the glory. Come on. Give God the glory. Go, Sakrati, let me go. Hallelujah. Now, first of all, let me see. Say this before I say it again. Every sickness will be healed. See, listen. You are actually going to see. Let me tell you something. If you listen to the series, alright, the healing series, I gave, I gave a word of knowledge in the series. How many of us have listened to that series, by the way? If you have, let me see. Oh, yeah. Well, if you can just try to, in the short time you have this, you can just try to plug it in. I think everything together is about. We about two hours there about. So if you cannot be playing it to yourself and stop. Now I gave a word of knowledge in the meeting. Sorry, I gave a word of knowledge in the teaching. I saw a vision of a particular like part of the body. Gave a word of knowledge about it. I was just talking to someone outside there. And then she showed me that same part. And I said, I was having pain here. I said, Did you listen to this? She said, Yes, I I said, I gave a word of knowledge about this particular thing. This same thing. Gave a word of knowledge about it. This is the power of God is real. Are we together, guys? This thing is, I swear, it's not fake. So God who made you is not. Hallelujah. We are going to sit in this place tonight. Every sickness will be healed. Every sickness will be healed. So, if you know anyone who is around who needs a healing, tell them to come. This is not about, I've said it again and again, it's not about letting this place be filled up or something. We want people to be free of pain. Are you pain is not a good way to live life? Are you with me? Diseases are not a good way to live life. Are, are you with me, guys? Do you understand me? So we want, people, we want people to be free of pain. Alright? If you know they are, not, they are not around, let them tune in. If you have prayers who cannot tune in, call them on the phone. Do you understand? There will be a time when I go to pray for people. Put it on last speaker, they will hear. They will be healed. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? No matter what the condition is. Alright? And then after the healing meeting, then we move into the Holy Ghost and impartation meeting. Flow in the things of the Spirit and then I'll be laying hands on everybody. Hallelujah. Let your heart be ready. Are you with me? Let your heart receive like you have not before. Let your heart be ready. Alright? I'm going to say a couple of things before the district. When I said it, I'm going to say it again. I can tell you everybody that laid hands on me and what happened after the gift. Every single time. Telling me. When I began to flow in utterance gifts, I know who laid hands on me. A guy fell laid hands on me. I can remember clearly. And I noticed my words of knowledge changed immediately. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But let me arrange the lay hands on me. And after that, my teaching ministry went. Oga, anyway, was your lady hands on me. Power gifts began to fill my life. I can, I can go on and on. Just that, pastor lay hands on me. Boldness, boldness came upon me. Everything I was seeing myself, I began to do. Hallelujah. So I can, I can move, go on and on and on like that. So you two, you will be able to talk about this person lay hands on me and this change. Are you with me? Glory to Jesus. Just, just trust God. Let us move forward. Few minutes about two to three minutes. Just lift your hands to God and just trust God for tonight's meeting. Just pray for yourself. That tonight's meeting, my life is changed forever. Thank you for listening. 
we're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carysoul.bb at gmail.com. We call you blessed.